We're going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. As most of you know, we have been on a, in, a, in a series since January, uh, the Apostle Paul's letters. He wrote letters. He did not write treaties necessarily. Letters. Paul, as you notice on the outline, was a people person. A people person. He ministered to people. He trained people. He prayed for people. And one of those, when one of those people whom he had poured his life into deserted him, he must have felt devastated and alone. Read with me from 2 Timothy 4, 10, and 11. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed from Thessalonica, Crescens, and Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. And notice this 11th verse, only Luke is with me. And then he says something so remarkable here, you'd have to study what happened between Paul and John Mark and, and Barnabas. But then he says this, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me in the ministry. May we pray. Father, we ask you that you not only inform us, inform us of your word, but you would transform us through your spirit. Touch every heart and every life. Minister throughout this entire day. And we'll praise you in Christ's name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. He loved people. As we have begun to talk about Paul's relationship with people. We'll talk about other relationships with Philemon and Onesimus, the Roman seven that the apostle Paul had, Paul and Peter and Barnabas and Demas and Timothy, Paul and John Mark, and then Paul and his relationship with the heavenly father, God. But here is a young man by the name of Demas, and Paul is writing to his young spiritual son, Timothy. And he says concerning Demas, Demas has forsaken me. Demas has left. In other words, Demas backslid in a certain way. And I can imagine that Timothy and Demas were friends. And the sadness that fell upon Timothy once he heard about the departure of Demas. But this seems to be reflected in verse 11 when he wrote, Only Luke is with me. You have to understand that Paul has been persecuted. Paul is in prison. Paul has suffered. And companionship meant a lot to him. When we go through hard times, when we're faced with trials and we hurt, we want someone to put their arms around us. We want someone to love us and to minister to us and to be a friend to us. And so he's saying here, only Luke is with me. I imagine he felt alone being in that prison. Let us examine as we look at it, the life of Demas and see what lessons today that we can learn from his failure. We're prone to wander away from God. I don't know, in the, but that all of us at times aren't tempted and prone 
to wander away from God. I'm not talking about to the extent that we backslide, backslide and lose our salvation. And I do believe that can happen in certain on certain occasions and in certain ways. I'm talking about we know what it means to fail and wander away from God. The principles gleaned from the life of Demas can prevent us from doing that. Listen at me. Not a one of us enjoy wandering away from God. Losing fellowship not only with God, but the church and God's people. But let's first of all notice, if you will, his name. Demas, his name means popular or ruler of people. He was a companion of Paul during Paul's first Roman imprisonment. So he knew what it was to suffer with Paul. He knew what it was at one time, at one time, to be faithful to Paul. And he was also a native of Thessalonica. So we learn a little bit about Demas in just a few verses. We notice in Philemon, as Paul writes to this master of Onesimus, uh, Apophras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you. As do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, there it is again, Luke, my fellow laborers. So at one time, Paul thought so much of this young man, Demas, until he called him my fellow laborer, my fellow laborer. Notice also, as we look at Roman numeral number two, that he forsook. A companion of Paul, when he first met Demas, he called him his fellow laborer. That phrase literally means a companion in work. A companion in work. He joined with Paul when Paul was hunted down and persecuted. The Greek word forsaken, as we notice here that Paul said that he had forsaken him, means to abandon means to desert, leave helpless, to let one down. So there was a time he was faithful. There were a time that we had people in this church that were faithful, that they served God. They knew what it was to be a companion to those in need and to the believer and brothers and sisters. But some has forsaken not only the church, but they have forsaken God himself. A believer may backslide by deliberation, choosing to indulge his life in simple pleasure. We don't have to question why Demas left the Apostle Paul. He left him because he loved this present world. Backsliding may be unintentional. I found out that often backsliding is a gradual thing. It's not something that we usually do overnight if ever backsliding may be unintentional maybe through neglect of prayer maybe through neglect of bible reading maybe through neglect of service and church attendance there are many reasons why why people backslide get away from god at one time they were fervent They were on fire for God. They had joy in their heart. But today it's a different story. You may be one today. You may be one that at one time you knew what it was to have that fiery, great, 
ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ, but no more. Well, this message is for you, and there's hope, and there's restoration of the soul, and I believe that today. Notice number three, his love for this present world. Keep in mind, listen at me, keep in mind this word, this word world does not refer to the physical element and creation, but it refers to the sphere of evil operating in our world under the domain of Satan and dominion of Satan. Not, not this present world with the United States and Russia and China. That's not what he's talking about. It's a spiritual, spiritual happening. It's a spiritual relationship. It's that domain of Lucifer himself. And the Apostle Paul, or rather the Apostle John wrote to believers concerning loving this present world. Now listen at this, as, as John writes in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. John says, do not love the world. This worldly system. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father, certainly, he says here, is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does does the will of God abides forever. The Christian should view the world as a moral system and certainly a spiritual system which is designed to draw the believer in the Lord Jesus away from his or her love of the Lord Jesus Christ and his relationship with him. Galatians chapter 1 says it this way, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might, what? Deliver us from what? This world, this present evil age. And that's what one translation says. This world, this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. That's why we surrender our life to the Lord. We're in the world, amen? But we're not of the world. All of it, all it has does not entice the believer. I'm talking about the sin and the ungodliness and the unbelief and the immorality and the evil of this world. It does not entice us because our world is not, this world is not our home and our world is somewhere else. Galatians 1, chapter 3 and 4. Grace to you. Let me read it again. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that we might remain in the world and do what we want to in the world. No. He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil. Someone says, I'm waiting to get to to heaven to live right and do right and do all of those good things. No. In this present world, we're to serve and live for the Lord. Listen what the Apostle Paul says writing to Titus chapter 2 verse 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness 
and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly when we get to heaven. Huh? Did I miss it? We know we can't live righteous in this world. So-and-so is doing so-and-so and everybody's doing it. We might as well do it too. That's not what he says. Not the believer. There's a difference between darkness and light. There's a great difference. And we're children of light, not of the night. Let me read it. Titus says it this way. Teaching us that denying. We don't like that word. Because we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Amen. Everybody, hey, well, this is what I want to do. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. This is what God has us to do. Look at number four. The world system has three ways to draw the believer away from the Lord. Listen at this. From Adam and Eve, To the temptation of Jesus Christ, these three means were used to draw someone, Satan used to draw someone away from God. These are the same three things that the devil uses to draw you and I away from our relationship with Jesus Christ and our dedication to him. Notice, first of all, we have the lust of the flesh, what makes me feel good. If it makes me feel good, it can't be all that wrong, can it? The lust of the flesh, the gratification of the flesh. Number two, the lust of the eyes. What makes me happy? Covetousness, greed. This world, the devil, has a ring in the world's nose and leading people around. Through these three means, not only the lust of the flesh, not only the lust of the eyes, but the pride of life, what I want to be. And that person, that individual that allows pride to be their focus and forefront in their life is full of arrogance. Pride is what threw Satan out of out of heaven. Pride is what destroyed so many people. I've seen so many people that have been destroyed, backslid on God, went away from God. Oh, they still may be doing the same things that they did before, but something's happened in their relationship. And the first thing that happens is they begin to be filled with pride. Do not set. Listen to this. Make up in your mind. There's a scripture in the Bible that says it so well. Sanctify yourself that he, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit might sanctify you holy. There's something to do yourself. Someone said the devil made me do it. Listen, you don't have to yield to the devil. We basically can do what we want to do. We can, and we need to sanctify ourselves. We need to make sure that we do not set our affection on anything that appeals, listen to this, to the fleshly appetites. 
We should not set our affection on anything that appeals to our covetousness ways or greed that would be in our lives. And we do not need to set our affection on things that fosters pride and arrogance. God help us. Now I know we aren't shouting today because this is a pretty tough message. It challenges us. It helps us to take a mirror, God's word does, and look at ourselves and see where we really stand with God. Do I have the same kind of relationship with God I had last year, a year ago, or when I first received Christ as my personal Savior? And sometimes we don't want to do that. We don't want to look in that mirror. Sometimes we don't want the word to turn that spotlight on us. We always like to throw it over our shoulder and say, I know this is for brother back here, you know, for someone else. It's not. It's a challenge. So you know today, you know, your wife might not know. Your husband may not know. Your children, your parents, your loved ones may not know. But you know where you stand with God. You know what kind of relationship we have, you have with the Lord. You know if you have, quote, backslidden, like Demas. Demas left the Apostle Paul, went back to Thessalonica. He went back home. Many have left the church. Many have left the service for the Lord. Many have broken off their relationship with brothers and sisters. And you don't see them anymore. But you're here. Thank God you're here. And I think you're here, and I believe you're here because God wanted you here to examine your life to see. And I've got good news for you if you have backslid. First of all, there is good news for the backslider. When you use the word, or we use the word backslider, it refers to going backwards spiritually. It refers to going backward, backwards morally. Have we gone back spiritually? Do we still pray as we once prayed? Is it a joy to open the Bible and read that word of God? Does it still bless us as it one time did? If it doesn't, we backslid to a degree from God. But we can come back to him. David, I love David. We're going to look at briefly at David and Peter and John Mark. There's not a person here that knows anything much about the Bible that does not know about the life of David, King David, the king of Israel. Greatest king Israel ever had. And yet, in a low time, and when he should have been out fighting the battle, he let his guard down and committed adultery. He let his guard down and committed murder. And how in the world can God, listen to me, how in the world can God? You see, that's the thing about the Bible. It shows, it shows all the good and all the bad in, in a person's life. It showed how Abraham lied. Wow. It showed how David backslid and, 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 and lustful and committed all of these immoral acts. That's the thing about it. How can God call David a man after God's own heart? How can he write much of the Old Testament? How can God honor David? Here's the reason he can. Because in Psalms 32 and 5, David said, David said, I acknowledge my sin. David said, 
To you. To who? To God. That's all he's asking us to do. 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me finish this great verse, Psalms 32 and 5. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave me of mine. Iniquity. There is nothing like the soul of man feeling the power and sensing the power and knowing the power of forgiveness. I remember when it happened to me and many times afterwards. At nine years old, I felt like I could fly, could float. I felt so light. He said, brother, you're going by feeling? No, I go with faith. There's one thing about it. I believe it's important for us to come like David did. Confess our sins. Confess our iniquities. Confess our transgressions. And I believe with all of my heart today, just today, God's going to forgive someone and cleanse you as you talk to him. David, if you read the 51st Psalm. Listen to what he says. I'm going to read four verses of it. You, 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 you need to read that whole chapter. It is a powerful chapter. Psalms 51. Have mercy upon me. This is after Nathan, the prophet, came to David and told him, You sinned, David. David went before the Lord and he said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression. And my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned. And done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak. And blameless when you judge. If we don't get this under the blood... If we don't ask Jesus to forgive us, it's there. That wrong, the lying, the lusting, the evil. If we don't get it under the blood, we will be judged for it. I'd rather be judged in the house of the Lord at the altar. I'd rather be judged now than judged later. I'm challenging you today. Demas has forsaken me. Have you forsaken God? Someone says, no. Well, have you forsaken Bible reading, prayer, church attendance often, often, often? It's important. He goes on to say, and I want to finish this, against you and you only have I sinned. And he acknowledged his sin. You know, Jesus looked at Peter and he predicted something. He said, Peter, Peter said, I'll never leave you. Determination. I'll never forsake you. Jesus said, Peter, before the cock throws, crows three times, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. <laughs> Everybody else can, Lord, but I'll never deny you. And most of us, if not all of us, know that Peter himself denied and cursed, denied it he ever knew Jesus Christ. But not only did Jesus predict that Peter would deny him? Jesus predicted that he would get right. He would repent. And he said to him, he said, now, Peter, when you repent, strengthen John. Wow. 
I know people. I drifted away from God. But I believe they're coming back, repenting. And God's going to forgive them. And their relationship is going to be reinstated. Them and God. Peter, listen to this verse. I love this verse. Matthew 26, 75. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times, but he didn't do anything about it. Is that what he said? What did he do? What did he do? Say it with me. So he went out and wept bitterly. How long has it been since we've seen people come to Jesus? You know, they just haphazardly come. Oh, I need the Lord. Boom, 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 boom. We're out and gone on our way. How long has it been since we've come before him? Burden, repentant, being godly sorry. And said, God, forgive me. Peter went out and wept bitterly. And then, of course, I want to talk about John Mark. And I will later because Mark left Paul. But, but listen at me. This is an interesting story. And I'll be on it before, before long. It has some great truths in it. But he came back. You can come back. There's a song that says, I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The prodigal. He wandered away from God. But the Bible says when he came to himself, he remembered that the servants back home had more than he had. And he's a son. Would you be a prodigal today? Would you come back? Donnie Sumner. Donnie Sumner was J.D. Sumner's nephew. Most of you will not know who J.D. Sumner is. J.D. Sumner was the lowest bass singer in the world. J.D. Sumner was in gospel music for many, many years. In fact, he and his stamps, the group, backed up Elvis often when he did his concerts. But Donnie Sumner sung with the stamps. Donnie Sumner sung with Elvis. Donnie Sumner thought he had the world by the tail. And Donnie Sumner started getting cold and indifferent. He was still in the spotlight. He was still singing songs. But he forgot God. He got into the alcohol, the drug scene. Drugs, drugs, drugs. Nice looking, tall, nice looking young man. Later on in life, you could tell he was so beaten, so worn. Donnie Sumner was not serving God. He had left God like Demas had. He went to Las Vegas and thought he would make it big in Las Vegas, but he didn't. He fell on hard times. While in Las Vegas at one of the high, high hotels, 
He was on the top floor. On the top. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. His heart burdened. His life a wreck. Controlled by drugs, alcohol, sex, and immorality. New Year's Eve, he stood on top of that tall building and was one step away from leaping to his death. But you see, Donnie Sumner's dad was a, was a minister, Assembly of God pastor. And from the day that Donnie Sumner walked away from God, every week, That father would fast three days out of that week for his son. Seven years. Seven long, hard years. He'd say, God, bring my son home. God, lay your hands upon him and don't let harm come to him. Don't let Satan destroy his life. And one step away from going to his death, God got a hold of Donnie Sumner and said, you're not going to do this. And he, like Peter, on the top of that hotel, fell on his knees and wept bitterly. And surrendered his life back to God. And God forgave him. And took him back into the foe. Placed his love in him. Renewed his relationship. Not only with God, but with his dad. He went back home and said, Dad, thank you. Donnie Summers alive today because God forgives and is married to the backslider. Bow your heads, please.